It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady. The boys' district finals were played on Friday. The regionals start uh, actually tonight, uh, and the girls pick up their playoffs with the quarterfinal round tomorrow night. So still a very busy time of the uh, year, though we're starting to dwindle down the number of area teams that are still playing ball. Yeah, it's uh, it feels like football season all over again with this postseason. It has the the postseason has not been kind to our area teams, and now three well count hockey four different sports between football, both boys and girls basketball and hockey. It has been a rough year, and it's not that any of our teams have been upset or lost to I should say huge upsets or lost to bad teams. It's just. It feels like almost every 50-50 game doesn't go our 50%. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so we have not been getting too many 50-50s uh, so far, but we do have Richmond and Croslex, and right. they're actually going to go to the uh, same uh, regional for boys. Um, I'm going to count New Haven. They're still alive. Peck is still alive, and Cardinal Mooney is uh, still alive. And in girls, it's just Sandusky. and uh, Aldemott's Teflon. Yes. Um, and, and they've got uh, Bishop Foley, so we'll talk about all of that and more coming up in just a moment here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Duraclean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Duraclean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Duraclean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Duraclean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis and Brady. And uh, Brady, we start in Division One at Port Huron Northern Friday night. Port Huron Northern trying to get over that obstacle that is Dakota. Uh, and um, uh, I don't know what Dakota was doing in the regular season. I mean, this is a basketball team that won seven games this year. I know they play in the red, but the, but the red, red wasn't that great. Right. The red was, all right, comparatively, this is all because on a bad year, the red is still one of the better leagues in the state. But it, it was not the Mac red of some years where you have two or three teams that you're like, they, they could be playing at Breslin. This was a Mac Red that we talked to people, and not even just at Northern, but around the Mac that are like, yeah, the white might be as good as the red this year. So it's not as if there was this huge gap between the red and the white, the white that Northern won without losing a game, and the red where Dakota struggled mightily. And and on Wednesday, Dakota beat Port Huron High in the second quarter of that game. Game was over at halftime. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this one, while it was up for grabs, Right down to the finish, Dakota deserved to win. Like right. in the end, you don't go, "Oh man, Northern got robbed," or "Oh man, you know, bad break." Dakota deserved to win. Two good teams played a really good basketball game. Uh, D- Dakota had uh, answers for everything that the Huskies threw at them. Um, I am going to say this, and I and I know Northern won't use it as as an excuse. But no Luke Maher, no Amir Moreland, no, uh, in this game, no Tyrese Johnson early. Right. He went down basically in the first quarter and, and was done for the night. No uh, Kanye Cole. Uh, the, those are guys that play minutes. Those are guys that score. Mm-hmm. Those are guys that rebound. Northern got killed on the glass in this game especially in, in, in the, the early part of the game. But Dakota had four guys combined to score 78 points. That's all but two of their points. That's all but two of their points. Nathan Washburn had 24. Northern didn't have an answer for him in the post. He's not a, a thick guy, but he's 
he's a lanky guy when his arms are up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the tallest guy on the floor. And they were getting the ball into the post, and he's got good game around the basket. Right. And they could not stop him. Um, and then uh, Calvin Watson scored 23 points. VJ Jackson knocked down four threes, scored 16. Watson and Jackson did not miss at the free throw line down the stretch. When they needed to shoot free throws, they went in. I saw two teams at the end of the week win games because they could make clutch free throws. Right. Dakota was one of them. Sandusky was the other team in girls basketball. Uh, Owen Culpert fouled out of the game but still scored 15 points before he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the guys that are their players showed up and were their players. Northern got 46 from Jamison, 36 of them in the second half. And I think 46 – I mean – now that he's done, I think he ends up with three or the four highest scoring games in Northern history. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I know he's got the basically the top three. And he might have a fourth in there as yeah, well. Yeah, because he had the 59, he had a 47-point game, and this is a 46-point game. So the top three games, and to do, it in a re, or to do it in a district final, and you still come up a hair short. Yeah, Alex Jamison had 15, but here's where Northern struggled. Dimitri Kasparian, who didn't get a – I mean, he played, but he didn't get a ton of minutes this season. Mm-hmm. But he was their third highest scorer in this game. Uh, part of that is by necessity because of who else was out. Right. But it was only six points. You know, if, if they get that third guy that gives them eight to ten points – They'll win the basketball game. Right. Um, Cam Haru was held at just five points uh, in this game. Jacob Clark knocked down a three, but that's all they got. Cantrell had uh, two points. Again, a sophomore up from JV. But he'd done so well that you just expect a little right. more from these guys, which isn't fair. And Northern's kind of been Teflon this year. Yeah. Like they – and anytime they come up to a, a, a tough foe, they conquer it. Almost every time. Yeah, they lost the MAC tournament, but I mean, it was the MAC tournament. They lost a, a Sunday game to Ann Arbor Huron in a, in a thriller, and you go, all right, that's still a really good showing. But in the league, when they had to had to have it game, they won it. They they showed they could do it over, over the, the holiday break when they beat uh, Ferndale, I believe, and and their other Hamtramck was the other one I believe they played, um, and they. Just you were expecting on that final possession, it was like, yeah, Tyler Jameson's going to hit a three, and they're going to figure it out in overtime. Yeah, yeah, and he knocked down one at the buzzer from like three-quarter court hmm. to end the third, and you're like, okay, that's the moment. If that shot's going in, Northern's winning this game. Right. You know, because Dakota had just had a, a big hoop to go up seven, and you're thinking, boy, down seven, to go to start the fourth, right. and all of a sudden, whoo, swoosh. Okay, we're only down four. Uh, things are going to be uh, all right. Six threes for Tyler in this game, for those of you who don't think he can shoot hmm. from uh, outside. Six threes. Um, and, and just, again, his willpower is unbelievable, but e- even as good as he was, he couldn't willpower the last shot in I mean it was a tough look and he was trying to draw contact to 
to maybe, you know, he, he knows the shot going in is a prayer, but maybe right. I can get fouled here and get some free throws. Um, and I actually thought Dakota might foul early and just make him that, shoot the two. I will tell you that is the smart play. Foul up three in the final 10 seconds. I don't know how many times in college basketball you need to see it this year where it goes the wrong way, but when they didn't, I'm going, that's a huge break for Northern. Yeah, letting him take that shot because, again, he's that good that even a bad look at the basket can go in. Yeah, you're going to hold your breath for that shot. But but I, I, give, just... I give Dakota credit uh, – they, I mean, on paper, they weren't supposed to be a factor. But when you look at the history, all they do is win this damn district every year, and they did it again. And you know what? They earned it. They deserved it. Right. They beat PH, and they beat Northern, who were good teams this year. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I, I was disappointed. Um, I, I know that uh, the, the Northern guys were disappointed. It was pretty emotional. Um, the, the thing that hit me, and it kind of hit me really in the parking lot, was that's the last time I get to watch Tyler play in a high school basketball game. Yeah. Because they're done now, and, and he was a senior, and that was his last game. But he certainly went out with uh, some flair there with a 46-point effort. And it just feels like this was the year. Everything was breaking right for Northern until the end with the injuries and until they give up 80 to Dakota. And it just it wasn't supposed to go like this. Uh, again, uh, getting deja vu to that, that first night we were done with the football districts with the BWAC. Were any of those teams going to win a state title? Probably not. It would have been a long shot. It would have been a great story. Was Northern going to win a state title? Probably not. It would have been a great story. But were you hoping that they could get to a point where they'd have this colossal matchup in a regional final with someone? Like for for Northern's sake, De La Salle. They wanted that one crack at them, the defending D1 state champs. They were supposed to get over that first hump. And much like in football where... Every close game went not our way here. And we'll talk about a couple others in, in the rest of the district. It doesn't go the way we want it to. And this Northern season still is one for the record books. But I wouldn't be lying if you're a little disappointed. No, it doesn't take away anything. But man, there was a little meat left on that bone. But that's just how it goes sometimes. It's, well, it's yeah. not all Disney movies. I can say this because I'm an outside observer. Right. Um, and, yeah, sure, I was rooting for Northern. I'm not, not going to deny that right. either. They're a team that we cover and that we like. Um, but Luke Maher, Amir Moreland, Tyrese Johnson, Kanye Cole, that's worth four points. One of them is that that that's worth one. That's worth way more than four points. You put all of them in the game. All, all of them in there, just doing their average performance, and Northern scores a hundred points in this game. And well, <laughs> you can play what ifs till the cows come. Yeah, home. and, and, I, that, and I'm sure the, Dakota's saying, "Well, you know, if we had this guy or whatever," but you know, I don't know who they had out that normally would play for them. But 
they definitely shortened their bench too in this game. Not as right. not nearly as many kids got minutes as they did against PH. Well, the, yeah, but different kind of games. Dakota's probably saying, well, if Tyler Jameson's not hitting three quarter court shot, it's not even that close of a game and you need those guys to make it a, a game. And it was just one heck of a season for Port here on Northern. Man, do I wish they were playing tonight. Man, do I wish they had another crack at a, a regional. But it's not all doom and gloom. You know the future of Northern's great. Yeah, they lose what's been the best player in their school's history, Tyler James, and he's going to Fairleigh Dickinson, and I'm sure he will surpass expectations there. But there's going to be a lot of talent coming back. And this, while this was a really good shot for Northern, they're going to have a very young core that can try to make a couple more runs at this in the in the coming years. Yeah, they're they're going to have good teams for the, for like the next three four years there. So at least, while it is a very it's not a good day, but it's not it's not the end of Northern. It is the end of the Tyler Jamison era, and it was awesome to cover him. And he's if there was any doubt, he's Mister Basketball. Forty six points in a district final. What else do you want from the kid? Yeah. What else does he need to do besides put on a different uniform? And, and and he's doing it. And as soon as he gets the ball, there's three guys on him, and he's still he's able. Been that to, way since he was a sophomore, yeah, and, and he's still able to figure it out. Right. So, anyways, great effort. Unfortunately, uh, it uh, it came up short for Northern. Again, great crowd. There there was a fervor for this uh, team, uh, and. Uh, Great audience too. I gotta right. throw that in. We had yeah, big audience for this. Game. People, people been supporting, <laughs> and we appreciate you guys. All right, someone had to come out of the district in Richmond, and Richmond and Armada, two rivals, going at it. Dennis, I think I texted you. The first fans were showing up for this one at five forty-five for a seven o'clock tip. I was setting up, and I looked up, and there were a couple of fans getting their seats at the top row in the middle uh, so they could lean their backs against the wall, but they were there an hour and 15 minutes. They beat Armada to the gym, and well, to put this in a nice little package, simply put, Armada played a decent game, a pretty good game. They needed to play a really good game if they wanted to win. And it just wasn't quite enough. They had opportunities, but Richmond, being as talented as they are, kept them at bay. Richmond led the whole way. 57-49, Richmond beats Armada. And Armada had opportunities to get back in the game. They, Armada would get within three or four after being down six to ten. And it felt like it was eight to twelve points for a lot of the middle quarters. And Armada was chopping away, chopping away. And they'd get close and then either... Like, Daquan Haskins would go down and hit a shot. Daquan Haskins finished with 25 points, including hitting four different threes. He was just the kryptonite for anything Armada wanted to do. Or they'd get the stop and they'd foul foul on a possession and they'd miss a free throw, but Carl Stevens would get the rebound and put it up and in. So what was going to be just one point on the front end of a two free throws going in becomes a three-point play and it's just deflating and you add those up over the course of 32 minutes and Richmond deserved to earn they earned their second straight district title Daquan Haskins 25 Carl Stevens 17 and the one thing Richmond did really well Andrew Snezak held to nine points in the in the win for Richmond 
And, and he was a real big reason why Armada even got to the district final because yes. they, they needed him against St. Clair, and he had a big game. Yes, he did. And, but Richmond just played better than Armada for most of the game. Did Richmond play a perfect game? Absolutely not. There were times where it was like, uh-oh, Armada's coming back in. and But when they needed to, they tightened it up and hit the big shots. The big-time players made the big-time plays in the big-time game. And they move on to the regional. They take on a Goodrich team that's, no pun intended, pretty darn good. <laughs> they were. It's flipped from last year. So last year, Richmond played Notre Dame Prep and Croslex played Goodrich. Well, Richmond's playing Goodrich this year. And Croslex, who beat Emily City 46-35, is playing Notre Dame Prep. Um, the, the, and this one seemed to be at an arm's length most of the game. Yeah, but but pattern here, like the these BWAC teams that face Crosslex in this tournament, tried to slow the game down. It, it just looked just looking at these scores, it, it's like they tried to to muck these games up, and Crosslex still finds a way to win. Yeah, and Richmond and Crosslex get another crack at it. There's going to be one way that I can say, all right, maybe the postseason wasn't all doom and gloom. Give us an all BWAC regional final. <laughs> and I know, again, Goodrich is really solid. That is a tall task for Richmond. It might arguably, arguably be the best team that Richmond or, yeah, Richmond's played all year. Uh, they're probably the favorite in the entire district going in. Again, to try to give you some context, uh, they beat Notre Dame Prep by 15. Uh, Goodrich did. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other teams I can compare them to that at least have tangently related. Um, they beat Flint Powers by 13 in the district final. They actually haven't played a lot of cr crossovers. Their losses came to Lake Fenton, who's a solid team. Uh, they came to Fenton uh, by a point. Lake Fenton again, and Flint Beecher, who is maybe the second best team in D3 behind Detroit Loyola. So they're a solid team. Are they infallible? Absolutely not. If Richmond plays well, then they can win this game. But last year left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth where they went to the regional and they just got boat raced from Jump Street. This is revenge time for Richmond, and they're gonna if they can beat Goodrich, I'm not saying it's easier, but I'm saying it's not getting harder in the final, whether it's Cross Lex a third time or Notre Dame prep a second time. Yeah, and Croslex, Notre Dame Prep, what do you think of this matchup? I think Croslex has a really good shot. Notre Dame Prep, very pedestrian this year. 11-13 and 13 record now. You look at some of the 13 losses, and I can point out some, some results that make maybe you go, ooh, like they beat Davison in the opener. They lost to Detroit Lola just by seven, but they lost to Richmond by five. This is back in December. They went on a long losing streak more recently. They beat Lutheran North 74-45 in the district final. That's pretty impressive. Like, that's a good team. They lost to Gross Point South by three in overtime. They lost to Hamtramck by 11. So they've been playing really, really talented teams. Haven't been able to get a ton of wins. Ken Croslex beat Notre Dame Prep? Absolutely. Um, I would put this in about the 50-50 category. And if there's one team that win, seems to win a lot of 50-50 games, it's Croslex. But again, last year in their regional game, 
They played with a little bit of a different, I don't know, just felt different in that game against Goodrich. And I think they want to get back to a regional final. They, they know they have a lot of seniors left that have experienced a lot of success. That uh, hey, getting another regional title under your belt is a great way to send them out. Uh, I think it helps too. Uh, the regional is at Imlay City, Richmond, and Crosslex. Is familiar with the gym, right? Um, whereas I'm I'm sure Goodrich has played there, but right. maybe not this group and of no, kids. Notre Dame preps, Notre probably Dame preps. Not. You know, unless there was a game there that we forgot about. Yeah, I mean, so uh, again, technically a neutral site, but for the area teams, it's a neutral site that they go to. And Every year, the fans can travel fairly easily too. Yeah, it, you don't have to go. All right, it's going to be an hour and thirty-five minute bus ride here. It's hey, why don't we all go? It's thirty minutes down the road. Tw- I mean, from Richmond, it's closer than that. And I think if the crowds show up, they can make a difference. Cross Lex will be the early game when they play Notre Dame Prep at five thirty, and then after that, Richmond Goodrich. So it's going to be two very fun games. Hopefully we can flip what happened last year because if they both win, that guarantees us at least two more days of basketball when we get another team back to a quarterfinal, something we've never gotten a lot of. Yeah. Uh, New Haven beat Memphis 106-19. to Enjoy that because they're going to go to regionals now and play Loyola. Uh, if, if you win this game, then okay, but you're not going to win this game. Yeah, karma may catch you tonight. This is like, I guess my question is why? What was the point? It's I know New Haven, Memphis, forty years ago was a rivalry at one point because geographically they're not that far from each other. But they haven't been rivals in my lifetime in anything. They haven't been in the same league since Nam. Yeah. They haven't they don't regularly play each other. So yeah, I I guess they used to be rivals forty years ago, but that's kinda like telling people kids in high school now, hey, the wings and the avalanche used to be big rivals and everyone on the team now could give a hoot about it. <laughs> they like they were all in diapers when it was happening if they were alive at all. So I just don't get this. Like, what's the point of scoring 106 on a Memphis team that you were clearly better than? Like, oh, you wanted to get to 100. Yeah, you set a school record. Yay. But it's a lot less impressive when you do it against a team that just is so obviously inferior that it doesn't, like, it's just not impressive. You just seem like a bully. Well, we'll see what happens. They, They play Loyola tonight. Again, we've heard nothing but great things about Loyola. Well, remember we last that year really strong. that Loyola was uh, disqualified from the tournament for having an illegal player, and it may or may not have been turned in by someone they'll play tonight. Okay. So I just, especially when you know you have that around the corner. Like, it's one thing if you are a surefire thing for a state title. Like, you are the prohibited favorite. If you lose to anyone, it'll be an upset, and you can just kind of strut your stuff. But, all right, you shove Memphis in their locker, and you turn the corner, and there's a kid a foot taller and 40 pounds heavier than you waiting to put you in your locker. Like, I just... You're kind of bitter about this. I just put, like, 106 to 19. Unless there's some beef I don't know about between New Haven and Memphis, I just don't understand the point of it. Like, 
because th- that was how much running time. The entire second half had to be in running time. Get your starters out. You're going to have a quick turnaround to the regional. If you win 85 to 19, I don't think anyone really balks at that because that's just, hey, you put your bench guys in and they kept playing. But at some point you go, all right, five passes before you shoot. All right, hold it, get everyone a touch, and then try to, like, you, you can do things to not score yeah, 100. At some point, you're not shooting three pointers anymore. Right, you're not pressing. And again, I don't know if they were, but all I know is you have to try to get to 106, especially when I'm guessing the last 16 minutes were played in 16 minutes. Yeah. All right, uh, Millington, Brown City. We had hopes for Brown City to win this district, and Millington spoiled that with a 60-55 to win over the Green Devils, only the second loss that Brown City suffered in this season. Again, like the Northern game, is this an upset? Yeah, I think we both thought Brown City was the favorite. Is it this terrible loss that, that tarnishes the season? No, but does it leave you wanting more? A little bit. This was a game where I thought Brown City could have won, gotten to a regional, and then, hey, you get there, you, you you might run into a good team. But, God, it just you know Brown City's that good that they could have beaten Millington and just falling short in this one is is just a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Two of them, and in both these games, the most prolific scorers scored. I think uh, Brown City's Gaden Muxel had 37 in this loss. So Tyler Jameson scores 46 in the loss. Gaden Muxlow scores 37, and they both come up short. Yeah, uh, and again, a five-point game, so you know they were into it right. right down to the end. Just a little disappointing. I don't. I thought Cass City would beat Sandusky. I was hoping for a better effort from the Wolves because they had upset Laker, but Cass City's pretty darn good. They win 49-30. Unfortunately for them, their reward is going to play Flint Beecher. Yeah. Uh, Peck beats Ubley 38-37, and uh, so Peck advances, and they're going to play Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. Uh, The other side of their uh, regional is Hillman and Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary. Boy, this has been a year where we keep running into Michigan Lutheran Seminary. Apparently. Um, But uh, a nice win for Peck. I kind of thought that, you know, again, uh, uh, Peck, Ubley, Deckerville, any of those three teams could win this district. Right. But I kind of thought Peck was the favorite. It was actually a lot closer uh, district than I thought it was going to be. Right. And their regionals at Deckerville, which is where I wish they were sending Cardinal Mooney instead of having to go down to Oakland Christian after they beat Oakland Christian 63-44. That's a heck of a win. By the way, number 300 in the win column for Mike McAndrews. All right. He's only got uh, like 513 to catch Aldemont. And he's been coaching 25 <laughs> years. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot, long time. And 300 wins is a is, lot of wins. Is no small That's feat. a lot of wins. That is a lot. Congratulations to him. I'm sure he was happier to get the district championship trophy and get this group of kids for at least one more game. They'll play Everest. That's a winnable game for them. And that's that's a rival, and that's a team. Uh, it's kind of set up almost like last year um, because they played Everest, and it was a big grudge match game, mm-hmm. and they got a big win. And then it was like, okay, we're going to play Genesee Christian, and nobody was really paying attention and Genesee Christian came out and shot the lights out. Um, and that might 
be the setup again this year because Genesee Christian, Southfield Christian is the other side of the bracket. So, And Genesee Christian is one of the better teams in, in D4. They can shoot. They can, but Cardinal Mooney is living to fight another day. Dennis, they'll send you down there because they banned me from any big games at Cardinal Mooney. Do you blame them? Yes, because I think you have put forth a false narrative. Who was there when their season ended last year? You. No, it was you. Pretty sure it was you. You are misremembering in your old age. I I got the big win at Hackett this year. Uh, The time that I was at Mooney, they won that one, and they won against uh, Everest in, in a big grudge match last year in the regional. Last year, I got them to pull a game out of their rear end against Cranbrook, so I had a little magic in me as well, but... Hopefully Mooney doesn't need any of that when they play Everest. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping for for something smooth here. Uh, and uh, also, you know, Mooney when they get hot, they can shoot the lights out too. So, uh, and and let's not rule Southfield Christian out either because that's a program that's got a little bit of a history of doing good things when they get to this point because they were the team that took out Mooney two years ago and Mike had to coach from the the broom closet. (laughs) Yeah, that did happen. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. But Southfield Christian, they're only 10 and 14 this year, so the record isn't as impressive. Genesee Christian has lost five times. I'm almost positive all five of those are bigger schools by a lot. And Mooney and Everest, their records aren't super impressive, but you know they're both really good. Yeah, they're they're both good teams, and and everybody, I think everybody in in this group, um, played tough schedules and played a lot of teams that are bigger than they are. So significantly, um, yeah. Bigger. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. All right, uh, there is a uh, girls uh, team still alive. That Sandusky. We'll talk a little bit more about them in just a moment. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, the girls are into the quarterfinals, so we're down to the final eight teams in each uh, division, and Sandusky in Division Three is still alive. They're going to play Madison Heights, Bishop Foley tomorrow night. The game is in West Bloomfield. It's actually the second game uh, there because uh, in Division Four, the quarterfinal that Kingston is in, they're they're going to play the early game tomorrow. So you'll get to. I'm sure you'll want to get there a little early just to see what Kingston's all about. Yeah, and uh, I. I know where West Bloomfield High School is. I don't know that I've ever been in the school or. I can't. I'm assuming they always host quarterfinals. I always like to get out there early when I'm going to a new place. Anyways, ninety nine percent of the time they're super accommodating, but there's always that one (laughs) percent. There's always that one percent. But here's how how good are the eight teams remaining in Division Three at twenty and six? Bishop Foley has the worst record. But we know they're a really good yeah, team. Yeah, slackers. The slackers no, at Bishop I, 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 I openly root against my, my alma mater, but uh, this is a good team. Sandusky will be uh, tested. But Sandusky, they they do the right things, and, and you know, they play defense first. And, and defense will get you a long ways and, uh, in, in playoffs. Uh, and they, they can score enough. If if they need to, and uh, at least the other day they shot the lights out at the foul line. Those are some pretty good combinations. So I'm trying to find any connecting pieces for Bishop Foley. They beat Lutheran North by six. They lost to Utica Ford by three. That's probably the biggest sign uh, that they're a good team. But then they followed that up by losing to Country Day by 36. Well, I saw Country Day, and right, so you know, they you know, shoot the lights out so too. You know how good they are. That's at least one piece of evidence. But again, it's always hard to tell. Uh, we know Sandusky's a good team, and at this point, it's kind of a crapshoot. You get to a quarterfinal, 
unless there's one super big favorite, it's kind of throw the names in a hat and see what comes out. Now, uh, Sandusky, if they were to win this game, their semifinal is Thursday afternoon. They are the noon game at the Breslin Center, and uh, they would play the winner between Blissfield and Ovid Elsie, and I'm not going to pretend to know anything about these Blissfield's teams. Blissfield's lost one game. Yeah, they're 25-1. and one. Ovid Elsie's 22-4. and four. Probably couldn't point out Blissfield on a map, if we're being honest. I've heard of it at least. At least I've heard of everybody who's in here. I don't know where they all are located, but at least I've heard of everybody who's left. Let's see. Blissfield, because we always do so well with the geography, is just southeast of Adrian. It's near the Ohio border. Hemlock has to go all the way up to Gaylord to play their quarterfinal That's game. a long way. Oh, and I want to talk about a couple of things like that in the next segment because there have been a few discussions about how the tournament should change, and I want to talk about that in the third segment. But sticking with the Sandusky girls, you know they're going to be prepared. You know Al DeMott's going to have them ready with, with, with film and the game plan. They aren't going to go into that game not ready to give them their best shot. And again, I don't know what Bishop Foley has. I don't know... Um, how they're going to match up against Sandusky. But I know Sandusky, when they need to shorten the bench and they need to win big games, they can do that. Well, I mean, there's such balance. We talked about it in the Cass City game. You know, their leading scorer had 13, and if you go through their starting five, the lowest point total is six, and everybody falls in between six and 13 points. It's a pretty good combination when you've got five, six kids doing that. Yes, the only downside is when you have this kind of balance is with Sandusky and sometimes other teams when you're so balanced and you have to get a bucket you don't have that one player that is a luxury sometimes we can go all right you're scoring you're getting the ball like let's use Marysville Avery Walters get us a bucket that's what they did basically in the Fitz game and she ended up with 30. Yeah but I mean I I think Taggy could be that kid i mean the first half of the season she was routinely scoring in the upper teens and and she would get into the the 20 point range and you know what down the stretch grace keyboard has been scoring over 10 points a game every game she had 12 in the win over cast city and i've seen it both ways like uh cuthrell and ignash combined for 34 points and they kept cast city in the game but they were the only two kids scoring. Right. And when they didn't score in the last two minutes of the game, neither did Cass City. So Sandusky going down there, I don't know how they're going to react. I think Al DeMott will have them loose but ready to play. Hey, you've gotten to this point. Haven't been here since the 90s. First time in your lifetime you're playing there. Just go down there and have fun. Play your game. Cassidy's a really good basketball team. They could be here and they would be live to make a semifinal, but it's not. It's Sandusky. Go take it. Yeah, uh, again, and that's that's a good point. Uh, 1999 is the last time the school got to play in a quarterfinal game in girls basketball. So, you know, it's already a great accomplishment, and, and I like to use the term, you're, you're playing with house money now. Mm-hmm. And Bishop Foley's probably in, in the same boat as you they're you know that they're they're a good basketball team but are they any better than you and and how many times have they been to this situation so and and are the people down there going man Sandusky they've been there forever oh by the way someone should let the state know Sandusky changed their name 
Oh. I just I clicked on the the event details and they haven't updated it in, in about yeah. a year. I I can see where stuff like that gets lost sometimes. Yes. But anyway, I just noticed that. But um anything else on the Sandusky girls? Good luck to them, Dennis. You'll be down there for it. I might ride with you. It, it was I'm not letting you go. Oh, okay. Then luck. I guess I'm staying home. Even luck. though I'm 1 and 0 with in Sandusky games this year. You're bad luck. He tied the record when I was there. He broke the record when I was there, and he won his first regional title since 1999 when I was there. That is true, but they uh, like me a lot better. There there. are a few different, (laughs) a few different issues I want to bring up regarding the postseason tournament. Okay, some are boys specific, some are just tournament specific for both. But I want to throw a few things at you and get your thoughts on them. All right, we'll do that out of the break. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. 
Come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. So should I, should I? We should have a name for this. Uh, it's time now for Brady's beefs. I wouldn't say they're all beefs. <laughs> One of them's definitely a beef, and it's the scheduling. I guess we can start there because that's the most pressing. I don't like that the district finals are on a Friday and the teams have to turn around and play a regional Monday. Well, I mean, again, it's just the I, I think availability and the way things go. But why not? The, okay, the, if you the, had to, the, they know they have for the girls. They know they have MSU Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. and they don't want boys and girls events going at the same time. So you know the boys have to play Wednesday. So you either have to go Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday. For the boys. So do you want them to play back-to-back or have the game off? I would rather maybe, because uh, I know they did this before, split up the semifinal games, and that way you can maybe get them just straight Friday, Saturday for semifinal finals. Or, I know but then they you've got to play like eight semifinal games in one day. Well, the way what, they do it now, they have four wait, no, on Thursday, four location. on Friday. Different locations, so they don't all have to be there because district finals Friday. So let's just play through this. Let's pretend we're we're worth Mike McAndrews and we we just won a district title with Cardinal Mooney. Use them as an example. Hey, you celebrate your district champions Friday night. Yeah, you get the word who you're coming in and, and and playing. So you win and you have to decide. Okay, Dennis, we just played two games in three days. Do we want the kids back in the gym on Saturday, or do we want them to rest after a, a district championship win? Get right back at it. Playoffs aren't done yet. So Districts you, aren't the end of your playoffs. So you get back in the gym Saturday. With, you so don't you, have to go hard and have a nine-hour right, practice. But, but still, okay, you bring them back in the gym, but when are you going to have time to break down the film of your potential opponent? Now, yeah, Friday night. So you win. And You're you, the coach. You don't get to celebrate. But you also need to have the film in your possession. You think you're getting that at 10.30 at night on a Friday? I don't know. I don't know what the state's requirements are. I'm pretty sure it's not, hey, you just won. First thing you do is send your film over. So you have maybe or maybe you don't have film. Maybe you went ahead and scouted or maybe you, you couldn't get get to one of the games. So you have to put the game plan together. Otherwise, you're putting game, at least two game plans in in advance and breaking down multiple films in advance. And I, it's not like this for everybody, but in Mooney's case, they're playing a team that they're familiar with. Right. But, okay, Richmond's probably not very familiar with Goodrich. No. Use that, uh, we can use that as yeah. an example. So they're playing a brand-new opponent, and they would have been playing a brand-new opponent either way because it was either them or Flint Powers. So someone they didn't. So Presnell could have either made – two scouting reports and broke down two films, has assistants do all this, or wait till Friday and see who they play. Use Saturday to break it down. Okay, so either you practice Saturday and Sunday, so now you're going on six, seven days without rest, and Sunday you bring them in, you get the game plan in, you try to implement it with, like you said, a low-intensity practice. It's the end of the season. You don't really want to push the pace at all um, and really, you know, you want to keep them fresh. And so you try to implement that, and then you have to turn around on Monday and go to the game. I'd like at least one school day there where you can 
maybe give them a day off and not have to worry about it and not have to cram everything into a weekend where you're breaking down film and getting a game plan together on a Saturday night or Sunday morning. Because, again, Dennis, maybe you send in your film Saturday morning, but... And again, I know in football they're required to film swap. I don't know about basketball. But maybe the other coach drags his feet. Oh, sorry, it's 7.30 at night on Saturday. And he forfeits. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, but I mean, that's that's got to be your rule. And then that nobody's going to risk forfeiting their quarterfinal or, or whatever regional basketball game by doing something silly and gamesmanshipy. Like, oh, I'm not going to until the last. No, it's got to be there in the morning, first thing. Get out of bed, hit send, and send it over. And then if you want to go back to bed, you can. But it's got to be there at this time or you lose, period. Maybe in Dennis Stuckey's dictatorship that happens, but in a realistic world, that just... Because you're never going to have to enforce it, Brady, because nobody's going to be dumb enough to break the rule. I'm just telling you, that's not a re- like realistically, that won't happen. That the state will never make a team forfeit because they didn't send in film a couple hours earlier. So you have to work through all that. E- either and- either do it or nobody does any film and everybody just flies by the seat of their pants and good luck to you. So you're 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 cramming all this into a weekend for a Monday turnaround and don't have hardly at all to let the district title soak in. You, you just accomplished one of your big goals for the season, and now Monday. Yeah, I know you don't want all, all of them playing at the same time, but you might have to do a little overlap. And realistically, how many teams have a, a boys team in the quarterfinal and a girls team in a semifinal if you push it around like that? No, but uh, as members of the the media, get, given the given the choice, oh, we've got two boys games to go to on Tuesday or cover Sandusky. What do we do? That that is fair, but it's also, I just those Monday games are tough. There's a reason why for most of the season we didn't have a lot of Monday games because nobody likes to play them. And now one of your most important in a regional game is a Monday. It's not ideal, but I'm sure there's ways to work around it. Um, but that was just one thing I wanted to throw at you because I just, I feel like there's a better solution than a Monday, Wednesday regional. Cause the Wednesday part's fine. It's having to turn around from a district final. Cause at least if it was the same like bracket, okay. I saw the one team in person before or after my game. I know what I'm looking at, but it's a completely new face from a completely new location. Yeah. I think you're going too prosy and collegey. It's high school basketball, and you want to make teams forfeit for not sending film for high school. Well, basketball. I mean, if we're going to do the film thing, and you're worried about somebody's going to hold off and not give me my film on time, then put a rule in there that says he has to, or else, or otherwise, let's not worry about it. It's it's high school basketball, and go play somebody on Monday that you've never seen play before. They've never seen you play before. All right, that was Everybody's even, and you're going into a neutral gym, so everything's even. The other thing, and you kind of mentioned something about this um, in a a previous segment, how one of the the proposals is to seed the entire region and draw the districts up that way. I don't know if I want to go that far with it, because you mentioned you're playing, what, quarterfinals or regional finals, regionals in, like, Gaylord, and you're getting teams from... 
from Hemlock to to where was the one Elk Rapids? Elk Rapids, and you're getting basically the whole northern part of the UP um, to one spot. Now, theoretically, yeah, seeding an entire region is is ideal. You 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 take a basically an eighth of your bracket and you seed what it is. That way, you can still say it's geography based, and the travel won't be too bad. The problem occurs in a, in a few different ones. One. Yeah, the, the, the travel and the geography is not bad for Metro Detroit, for Grand Rapids, maybe a little bit of the Lansing area. But even in the thumb, imagine a region where Sandusky has to go play a team north of Saginaw in, in a regional, or, or Richmond or Algonax in Flint Powers for a district game. I don't like the travel, and two, it takes away from the intimacy that makes districts so much fun, that it's almost like your area championship, and that's what makes the districts just special, that you're going to see the same teams over and over again, and that you're going to try to to get by, and the, the kids you played against in town and the town over is for the district title. The CD, I'd rather just seed the district and then, hey, if you want to reseed the regional, go ahead. But, yeah, you might have one or two teams, especially in the lower divisions, sneak through that maybe aren't district championship worthy but are good enough to win their less than stellar district. Yeah, I, I, I think in terms of like – and, again, I think they consider travel and all that. And for the most part, the, the state does the best job that they can do with that sort of thing. Like, we complain sometimes in football because we don't know where certain teams are going to fall from our area. Right. Sometimes they go south. Sometimes they end up over in Flint. Uh, you know, you, you don't know where they're going to end up, and it can be a little frustrating sometimes because you'll look on a map and go, well, these teams are closer to here. Why didn't they go? But then it would break up four teams right. that are really close to each other. But the, the, the regional seating, I think, is something that, is good for the teams that are all really close to each other anyway. Like, do you think De La Salle cares if they seed the region and now they have to travel 10 minutes further and go, they instead of staying in Warren, they have to go maybe to Detroit for a game instead? Like, that, that those are the ones it doesn't affect. But now imagine a team like, uh, I don't know, throw Gaylord in there. We use them already. They could be in a region with Houghton. That could be a regional final game. How are you going to make that happen in a district semifinal on a Wednesday? Figure it out. <laughs> I, I don't know. You're asking me questions that I've never had to think about because I just go where it says to go for the games. So I, I'd rather just seed the district because I think district seeding works. You already have it. You already know the teams in there. Use the NPR seed it. And I mean, Upley football had to go to Petoskey for a semifinal. But that's a semifinal. Game. There's four teams left. Sometimes that happens. I mean, hey, you, you get down to the final four teams, especially in D8. That's a little different than it being the second round of your playoffs. I just I, – I, I look at that, and again, like for football – it's a once-a-week thing. You know the game's going to be Friday or Saturday. Right. So don't announce where it's going to be at until Monday. Wait. See who the two teams are and then pick a spot 
that's for the, basketball. No, nah, this is for football. Oh. This is a, my pet peeve for football. I'm just kind of opening the whole thing up, and then pick a spot that's a little more fair for both teams to go to. But for basketball, just I like idealistically seeding the region works in practice. Not as much, especially for the teams not in a metro area. Like, okay, let me pull up a, a region from p- pick a team we cover. Well, I'm just saying, okay, w- what about if, if when we get to the region, you take the four teams and and seed them? That's fine. As opposed to going, okay, well, this bracket automatically plays this bracket, and then if if one regional semifinal is decidedly like less interesting than the other you can separate those teams yeah that's that's fine if, if you want to get to the regional and then reseed it whether you use NPR or whatever metric you want to use that's not a big issue so that your problem. best team is always playing the weakest possible opponent yeah but again NPR is not a perfect system that's why you use it for districts and not much else for the region it's Hey, okay, a team gets through a bad district, they get disposed of in the first round of regionals. It happens especially at the smaller school level where there's you'll get big geographic areas that don't have a ton of talent because it's a lot of schools with 100 kids in them. But I just uh, and again, I I like the idea that the best two teams get the bye in the district. But then I don't like the idea that everything else is just kind of random because then the best team doesn't necessarily get the best draw. Right. Like, here, here are some examples. If, if the new proposed region system where they seed the whole thing, you could have teams like North Branch having to play a district opening game against Cranbrook. That's a long ways to go for a district game on a Monday or Wednesday night. And a team you don't have a lot with. It's and this isn't even the the worst example. I mean, Durand it was in this region, so you could have a Durand Algonac game in, in, in a district. And what does that really do for anyone? I I know it avoids what it does. It avoids the districts that have St. Mary's and Brother Rice in them. That's what it avoids. It avoids having. If Dakota's having a really good year, Dakota and Port here on Northern on a really good year. And, yeah, maybe does Northern win a few districts if the regional system's put in where they seed the whole thing? Maybe. But it's just kind of the, the bad luck of the draw that Port here on high and Northern are the only two D1s within, like, a 30-mile radius of their schools. Yeah. Again, I, 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 you're, you're looking for solutions to things that, maybe just can't be solved. Well, I, the, the reason uh, speci- why... Especially when we live in, a, you know, and this is true for any state, stuff is going to be scattered. Right. You know, no, no, it, it doesn't work out all the time where you concede everything and Port here and High and Port here on Northern are going to play each other and you just got to pick which gym you're going to. Right, And but that's... I bring it up because there is a proposal going in front of the state that says, let's seed the entire regional... And again, there are situations where it will work out nicely, but it'll work out nicely for a certain group of schools that already are trying to get things to work out nicely for them. Well, and so they'll get their way because that's the way it works. <laughs> and, and us little guys just have to deal with it. Isn't that the way it goes? That's yeah, You're starting to learn now, aren't you? <laughs> 
stay uh, stay around minor league uh, hockey for a little <laughs> while longer, and you'll start to really realize that that is the only way that it goes. All right. Anything else, Dennis? Uh, that's all I've got other than uh, I'm really excited tonight. Uh, I'm at uh, Oakland Christian uh, for Cardinal Mooney Everest, and then tomorrow I've got Sandusky Girls uh, against Bishop Foley, and that's at uh, West Bloomfield. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back Wednesday, hopefully, with and you got two in Emily City tonight. Yes, right? I have two in Emily City, Croslex, Goodrich, Croslex, Notre Dame Prep, Richmond, Goodrich. Hopefully, we're back Wednesday with all our teams still standing. I hope so too. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is stuck on sports.